Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again today and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us every week at the same time. We do appreciate you and we do value the fact that you take time to watch and we want to make sure it's worth your while to watch. We are in a series right now uh, on the seven times that Jesus said, I am in the Gospel of John. There were seven times that He said, I am. And what we have, uh, what we have shared is that he, when He says, I am, He always says that in contrast to what they thought was. For instance, He said to them, uh, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. And what we begin to show you is the contrast as that Jesus was saying, you thought that was the bread, but that's not the bread. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. You thought that the law of Moses was the light, but that's not the light. I am the light of the world. You thought that the door was through uh, keeping of rules and performance-based religious system, but that's not the door. You thought entering the door through ethnic genealogy was the way, but that's not the door. I'm the door, and that's the only door there is. And uh, so we, last week we, we, we began to contrast, and this will be the second program that we filmed on, I am the true shepherd, or I'm the good shepherd, because he talked about how they thought that the shepherds were the shepherds of Israel and the leaders of the religious world in that day. But Jesus began to talk about how they were ravenous wolves and how they would forsake the flock, but that Jesus would lay down His life for the flock, that He in fact was the good shepherd, and that in fact was not good shepherding. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Let me just say, though, that if that whets your appetite, and you say, well, I missed a lot of those programs. I sure wish I could go back and watch the other 13, because we filmed 13 segments so far on this. i got good news for you. Uh, we have it archived on our YouTube page, which is absolutely free of charge to you. You can watch it on demand anytime you want, and go there and just uh, watch the, matter of fact, not just this series, but everything we have. We have a series there on uh, the entire book of Hebrews. We have a playlist that's a whole entire book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, and uh, they would be a blessing to you. Uh, not only can you go there and watch them, but you can listen to the audio portion. You say, well, I don't have time to just sit down and watch a lot of TV or a lot of videos. Uh, you can get the iTunes podcast and listen to it while you're driving to work, riding your mower, or taking a walk, exercising, whatever the case might be, and you can listen to the audio portions from iTunes on our podcast. You say, well, I don't have iTunes. Well, we have an RSS feed for your Android device. So you can go, the easiest way to do all of this, which is very simple, is to simply go to my website at lynnhiles.com, and that, that is on the screen in the lower thirds. And uh, if you go to my website, on the opening page in the upper right-hand corner, there are icons for YouTube, for iTunes, and for the RSS feed of Android. 
Actually, the opening page is the, the most current video that we have that we have aired to date on our website. So it, it's all free of charge to you. It's, it's just, you know, uh, we want to be a blessing to you. We, we thank our partners for enabling us to be able to reach so many. And uh, if you'd, of course, like to sow into the ministry to become one of the partners and help us do that, simply uh, while you're at the website, go to the Give uh, portion there, and there's a place where you can give via credit card, debit card, PayPal, or uh, through, uh, you can even set up a monthly debit if you'd like to become a monthly partner. That's the easiest way to do it. But uh, it, it, it is there and available to you. We encourage you to share these. If you've seen a message, you thought, man, I just wish everybody would get a hold of this. Share it on your Facebook page, your social media. Share it with your friends. Help us build an audience and we appreciate you doing that. Now we're going to get back into the Word. I've already begun to talk about this, but uh, you know, in John 10 is where we're at, and of course John 10, the first 10 verses, Jesus deals with, I am the door uh, into the sheepfold. My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. I don't know about you, but I have learned how to tune my ear to the voice of the shepherd. And I know when I'm hearing New Covenant truth, and when I'm really hearing from the door, and when it feels like the door is being slammed. I think it's such a sad thing that people uh, go into a church somewhere and they feel like that they're being disqualified instead of being qualified and the door is being opened for them to come and to be able to receive from Him who is the Good Shepherd. And I think it's a tragedy that that happens so many times. But I want to swing wide the door and tell you that Jesus is that door. And the sheep hear His voice, and another they will not follow. You know, I was thinking while even I said that, it's John who wrote this book. John, this is John's, uh, uh, this is the, the Gospel of John. John is also the one that wrote the book of Revelation. He's the one who wrote he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And he's also the one who wrote, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show to his servants, which is the Greek word bond slave or bond servant, the things which must short, shortly come to pass. And he sent it signified by his angel to his servant John. And he said to John, then he that hath an ear, let him hear. I think it's, a, it's really an interesting analogy that if you were an old covenant bond slave, that's a love slave. That's someone who has, <coughs> excuse me, fulfilled their tenure as a slave and what they owed. But they come to the end of that and they owe nothing anymore. And, uh, they, but they come to their master and say, but I love my master and I love my family and I choose to serve you. They would take him to the door, and they would take it all and bore a hole in his ear. They would literally nail his ear somewhat to the door. No better person to write the book of Revelation than John, who was the one who the Scripture said leaned on the breast of Jesus. Now remember, Jesus is the door. And so John literally had his ear nailed to the door he leaned over on the breast of Jesus and heard his heartbeat. Hallelujah. See, if you can tune your ear to the heart of Jesus, you will never hear another voice. 
My sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Have your ear nailed to the door. I refuse to give my ear to just anything. You see, because what happens is, is that whoever has your ear probably has your future. But if it's Jesus, who your ear is nailed to His voice, and to His heart, and to His purpose, you will never hear a word come from Him that is condemning or destroying. He said that these wolves, graven as wolves, came in. You know, in John 10, He talks about the wolves that came in, and He said, but, but uh, I, I'm the good shepherd that protects my sheep. Let me just go ahead and read this again from John 10, verse 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catches them, and scatters the sheep. He said, see, if, you don't, if, they, if it's not your sheep, you don't really care much about them. But Jesus is saying, these are my sheep. You are my sheep. I'm your shepherd, and you're the sheep of my pasture. And the good news is, is that Jesus cares about you. And I feel the Holy Spirit when I say that today, because I feel like there are probably a lot of wolves that have come in to try to, you know, to try to destroy your life, or to scatter you, or to, you know, there's a lot of ravening wolves that he, you know, I believe it was Paul, Paul said that after my departure, ravening wolves are going to come in. These were false teachers that would come in that would try to draw you away from the gospel of grace and the gospel of the new covenant and the gospel of the kingdom and try to offer you some other gospel. Paul calls them ravening wolves that would come in unaware and it would try to scatter the flock of God. You know, I'm still convinced that there are a lot of things that are attacking people's lives today. This has been a season recently where we've had a lot of things where people we love are dealing with stuff in their lives. And it seems like wolves have come in to try to destroy. But I want to just reiterate this to you. If you feel like the wolves have come in to attack you, I want you to call out to your shepherd. Because, you know, I think that my, my pastor preached one time about how when, when they would take the flock, that they would literally put them in a crowd. But the shepherd, the shepherd of the sheep, would literally lay down in the opening of that door. So he was saying, oh man, I feel the Holy Ghost when I say it. So that that, that that shepherd would say, if you're going to get to the sheep, you're going to have to go through me first. I want you to know something today. If you're watching, Jesus is the door and he is the shepherd and he's laying at the door of the sheepfold, and he's saying to any kind of a wolf or any kind of a thief that would try to come and kill and to steal and to destroy you, he's saying, you got to get to me first. Hallelujah. I said, you got to get to me first. And I'm going to tell you, he rises up with his shepherd's hook and drives away those, 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 those wolves. Now, I just felt that especially today for somebody listening, that you need to hear that so that your faith will come again and say, listen, God is for you. He is not against you. He's not the one out to destroy you. He's the one who is there to defend you. He goes on to say, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep they are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. 
The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Now he's really talking about in these contexts the leaders of Israel and he's talking about how they're really not the shepherds. We'll get into some scriptures to show you that in just a moment because again the contrast is you thought these religious leaders were the shepherds, but they're not the shepherds of Israel. They're the hirelings. I'm the good shepherd. And it goes on to say, the hireling fifth, because he, care, he careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Here's the I am. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I so know I the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. In other words, he said, these hirelings are not going to lay down their life for you, but because you are my flock, I want you to know that I'm going to go even to the place of laying down my life for you, to redeem you from everything that could destroy you. Not just for the coming life, but for this life as well. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep and have known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Again, he's talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles here. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold. Not a couple folds, one fold. We really dealt with this in the expanse last segment. And one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. And no man takes it from me, but I lay down it. Of, I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Now I want to go back then with this and see some of the thoughts that may have been in the mind of Jesus when he said that concerning I am the shepherd. Isaiah 56, verses 8 through 11 says this, And the Lord God, which gathereth the outcast of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. In other words, he's talking the same kind of verbiage here that he's talking in John 10. I'm going to gather the outcast of Israel, that there is a remnant out of Israel that's going to be saved according to uh, the book of Romans. And uh, Paul said, God is not rejecting his people there, but they're included because he said, I'm a Jew also. But he's showing you that the only way into the sheepfold is through this door, which is Christ. And there was a remnant of those who believed, and a first fruit of those, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they were the few. You know, I think sometimes we get a remnant mentality. We think, well, there's only going to be a few people that are going to get saved. But you need to realize that the context of the remnant scriptures are not dealing with, uh, like, ultimately there's only going to be a handful of people that are going to get saved. He was talking about out of the uh, children of Israel and out of this uh, uh, ethnic group of people that there would be a remnant that would be saved and that there would be a first fruit and many would be scattered abroad, but I believe that's what Revelation 7 and Revelation 14 are talking about, is that these are the first fruits uh, from among men, and he names the twelve tribes of Israel. And I believe that includes also Gentiles who come into uh, the nation of Israel through Jesus. You've got to watch the last segment to get more information on that. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that they were first fruits from among the nation of Israel that would literally hear the voice of this shepherd and another they would not follow. I mean, all through even the Old Testament, 
God hinted all the way through there that he was going to include the Gentiles. I mean, even when the gospel was preached, the scripture says to Abraham, God said to Abraham, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed by your seed. See, he was still at that point, the gospel was being preached to them, and Paul mentions that, I believe in the book of Galatians, when he's talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles. That was through the seed of Abraham, which is Christ, that both Jew and Gentile are brought into the same fold where there is one shepherd and one fold. I think this dividing line between races will drop when we begin to stop seeing ourselves as a certain ethnic group of people and start seeing there's only one fold. There's only one shepherd. There's, we're, there's only one sheepfold. There, there's only one heaven, folks. There's not a Jewish heaven and a Gentile heaven. There's not a black heaven and a white heaven. There's not a Baptist heaven and a Pentecostal heaven. It's a one fold with one shepherd, and I believe if we could break down that middle wall, he already broke down the middle wall partition, but we put those walls right back up, and we divide and split hairs over stuff that's not important, but something bigger happened. Jesus drew a bigger circle and said, I'm just going to include all men, because if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And that was not a praise and worship scripture. That was a scripture. He said, these things he spake concerning what death he would die. Now let me read this to you from Isaiah 56 again. The Lord God which gathereth the outcast of Israel said, yet I will gather others to him, beside those that are gathered unto him. And all ye beasts of the field come to devour. Yea, all ye beasts of the forest. His watchmen are blind. Watch these exact words. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. And they all look to their own way, every one for his own gain from his quarter. Now, when Jesus addressed the religious leaders of his day, and the Pharisees particularly in Matthew 15, verse 13, he uses almost the exact same verbiage. He says this, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, now he, again he says, let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. See he said that in, in the book of Isaiah, they are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead them, if the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both of them shall fall in the ditch. Now he's using that same language here to address the religious leaders of his day saying, listen man, you guys are blind guides. You're blind shepherds. You, you're, you're leading these people to fall into a ditch. Then he says to them through the book of Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. But woe, but woe be unto the pastures that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastures that feed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord, and I will gather the remnant of the flock out of all countries whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. 
And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. I want you to remember that because I want to deal with Psalm 23 when we get there. He says, I'm going to set up shepherds over them. And I believe he's the true shepherd and we're under shepherds. And those of us who are feeding new covenant are the shepherds that he has set up uh, over the flock to feed them. Uh, where they're not going to be lacking, they shall not want, they shall lack for nothing, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Now I'm going to tell you that's a powerful picture of him saying, listen, uh, I'm going to remove some of these wicked, evil shepherds that are uh, like ravening wolves that have come in unawares to, to steal from the people of God. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll just read you a couple more prophetic words from, let me see here, uh, from, uh, to show you that he is the shepherd. He says, uh, Psalm 80, verse 1 says, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. Thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. The one who dwells between the cherubims is him. He's the, hallelujah, he is the good shepherd. Man, I could just stop and talk about the fact that he dwells between the cherubs because what was between the cherubs was a blood-sprinkled mercy seat. Hallelujah. It was a blood-sprinkled mercy seat. God said, that's where I'm going to meet with you is between the cherubims. And I, 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 let me say this as well. Because in His resurrection, on resurrection morning, when the women ran to the tomb to see Jesus, the stone was rolled away. That, first of all, speaks to me of the stone of the law had been fulfilled, the curse of the law had been dealt with, and the stone has been rolled away, and the covenant with death is no longer effective. And Jesus has been raised from the dead. But when Mary stooped down to look into the tomb, she saw an angel standing at the head and an angel standing at the foot of where Jesus had lain. Now if you go back to the Old Testament picture of the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant, there was an angel at the top or a cherubim and one that turned each one, they stretched out their wings. What that was, was a shadow of the thing that was to come, which was Jesus. Now, Jesus in His death, burial, and resurrection, in other words, when Mary looked into the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, she found the lost ark. She found the secret place of the Most High. She found what dwells between the cherubims was a blood-sprinkled mercy seat, and what she saw there, uh, I believe, was, was He who dwells between the cherubs who was saying, Come to Me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, let me just go on and, and tell you that uh, that great shepherd dwells, first of all, between the cherubs, and that's why you can stay with boldness out of Psalm 91. Uh, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. In other words, the secret place of the Most High was the most holy place, and it was where this Ark of the Covenant was seated behind a veil. Now that was the type and that was the shadow. 
Jesus is the substance and the fulfillment. He is that mercy seat, and because of that, you don't have to fear the terror that flies by day. You don't have to worry about the raging epidemic. Only with your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked, because you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Hallelujah. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, And he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with the young. Zechariah 13 verses 6 through 7 says, And one shall say unto him, What are the wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. And then he says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. The shepherd that was smitten, Jesus uses these same words again when he's talking to his disciples. They're going to smite the shepherd, but then he's going to come and gather together, and I will turn my hand upon these little ones. That happened in A.D. 70 at the destruction of these wicked shepherds and these wicked rulers of the synagogue, and these that condemned him to death were the ones who wounded him in the house of his friends. The book of Revelation said, They which pierced him will look upon him. That's one of the reasons that I believe the book of Revelation is not so much a futuristic book as it was written to a first century bunch of people, because he said, They which pierced him will look upon him. Those which pierced him were in the first century, and the prophecies that Jesus gave about smiting them came to pass in A.D. 70 as a result of them staying under the Mosaic law, and God kept His end of the covenant bargain to bring upon them all the curses of the book of Deuteronomy. And in my opinion, that's what the book of Revelation is about, is God keeping His end of the covenant bargain and, uh, and, and, and smiting them. Now, I don't believe that's something that can happen in the future because we're not under a curse. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So for, for the house of Israel in the first century, it was a terrible day. But for us who have been redeemed from the curses, uh, we are standing in a new covenant and a better day with better promises redeemed from the curse of the law. So for the believer, the book of Revelation is what you have been redeemed from. That's why it's called a revelation of Jesus Christ, because He's the door there and the shepherd as well. Uh, We're about to run out of time again. Let me just encourage you to continue watching these series as we unpack all of these I Am's that Jesus said in the book of John. Now uh, let me just say also that if you enjoy this program, and you appreciate what we're doing, it does take your help. And if you watch me, you know that we spend very little time trying to raise money, but it does take a lot of money to air these programs uh, to, I think, somewhere potentially 120 million homes five times a week on two different networks. And if you'd like to help us continue doing this, 
Uh, we need you to help to get behind us and become a partner with our ministry. This is our 40th year anniversary of being in ministry full-time, and we do need your help. So if you'd like to give, you can call the number on the screen. Somebody will take your call. You can go to the website. It's the easiest way. Give by credit card or debit card, and you can even set up a monthly recurring payment as a partner to our ministry. Or you can send a check or money order to the address that will come on the screen. And we deeply appreciate what you do, and thank you for helping us take the gospel around the world. God bless you. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.